Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and this week's episode, episode 82, my guest is the owner of Kasai Ramen right here in downtown Syracuse, Kyle Mastro Pietro. I've had Kyle on the podcast before. It's been over a year since I think that, um, I believe it's been over a year since we've had him on the podcast, and I'm... Uh, I'm friends with Kyle. He's there. Obviously, Kasai is on the Eat Local New York card. Uh, especially pre-COVID, I would go in there for lunch quite often and uh, eat at the restaurant. Talk to Kyle all the time. See him a lot um, because of my day job at Gerhard's Equipment. And you know, I just I remember the, uh, the day that um, these latest Orange Zone restrictions uh, went into place in downtown Syracuse was put on lockdown in terms of restaurants being able to open. Kyle had made a, a Facebook post on his personal Facebook page uh, just saying that he got the call, and he talks about this in the podcast, but that he got the call that his restaurant was going to be going into the orange zone and could not open for dine-in seating as he was standing inside of a big box store, crowded 15 people in line at each checkout lane, um, you know, carts not being sanitized and yada, yada, yada. And he's standing in this thing, in this huge box store surrounded by people, um, as he's being told that his restaurant can't open back up. And it's just um, absolutely, in my opinion, and we talk about this, it's ridiculous. Restaurants should be open. This is definitely, I feel like, going to be a controversial episode because uh, Kyle and I just talk about really you know, our views and his views, me learning more about his view, but talking about um, just everything that's going on in the world in terms of business in New York State and COVID-19 and the restrictions that are being put on these small restaurants and well, you'll listen to the conversation. You'll find out what I think about it. Um, I do just want to put out there as a disclaimer. I'm 1000% know that COVID-19 is dangerous, that um, people are dying from it every single day across the world and in America and in our community here, that it is a very dangerous disease and that we should all take every precaution necessary. We should be washing, obviously, our hands, sanitizing regularly. We should be wearing masks. Whenever we go out in public, we should be maintaining a six-foot distance from people. Um, we shouldn't be going out to large gatherings. We shouldn't be having large gatherings at our home. Um, but having said that, it is still safe to go out to eat. It is still safe to go out and support local businesses and local restaurants. And I believe that these restrictions are causing far more harm to the economy and to the public and to society um, than they are doing good for trying to manage the the, the spread of COVID-19. And that's it. Uh, it's I'm recording this January 1st. Kyle and I got together yesterday, December 31st, on New Year's Eve to record the podcast, the central I'm recording today, New Year's Day. And we tallied the votes last night. If you didn't know, we were doing a contest where we, we were giving away uh, free marketing services here for a year to one local restaurant. And we chose the winner by however many nominations that the restaurant got. So when somebody bought an Eat Local New York card on our website, they would type in their favorite restaurant at checkout. And whichever restaurant got the most nominations, they would get our free marketing services for that year. And I am pleased to announce that the winner for that contest was none other than Glazed and Confused Donuts. And so we're really excited to be working with them. Uh, we're friends with Glazed Confused and Paul Valenti, the owner over there. We've had him on the podcast before, and uh, they worked pretty hard to make sure that they won. So we're really thrilled about that. Um, but most importantly, 
we were able to raise from the from October 1st until December 31st you were able to help us raise $3500 for the United Way of Central New York. If you don't know, we donate 20% of all of our sales and proceeds of the cards directly to a new charity each each year, a new organization and this year we had chosen the United Way of Central New York. So our goal was $10,000. We did fall obviously far away from that. But with everything that's going on and the effort that we put in, I'm, I'm thrilled to say that we were able to raise $3,500 for them. And so I was able to – we raised $2,300 for them just in the month of December. So it was definitely a great year for that. And the donations don't stop, and neither do the Eat Local New York cards. Sales are still available on our website at eatlocalnystate.com. And the cards are going to be available for sale until September of 2021 when we come out with the next year's card. Um. But yeah, we're going to be donating 20% uh, of every sale to them throughout this year. So thank you so much. We could not have raised that $3,500 for them if it wasn't for you. And the United Waste does such a great job in our community. Uh, they provide so many services to really anybody. A few weeks ago, more than a few weeks ago, I got sick. You know, the cold symptoms have been going around our community and uh, so I had some of those symptoms, and just to be safe, I left work and went and got tested, and um, I was trying to schedule an appointment at Walgreens for a rapid test, and I couldn't get in, and I didn't know where else to go or how to uh, make that appointment for a COVID-19 test, but I was able to call 211 for my cell phone, and I was able, because of the United Way and the work that they do, I was able, 211 exists, I was able to call them, get somebody on the phone immediately, and they were able to help me um, to find out where to go and how to register and how to make the appointment. So the United Way of Central New York does so much good that uh, you, we just really don't even know. And so we're thrilled to have made that donation for them. If you want to help us continue to support them, then head over to eatlocalnystate.com. Purchase your Eat Local New York card for $25. That card entitles you to a $5 discount at over 150 locally owned restaurants all across New York State until the end of this year. And uh, 25 or 20% of every sale is going to go directly to the United Way. So head over there, buy your card, and help us um, help the United Way as you get to save money when you support local restaurants. So it's great. 2021 was really a challenging year for everybody. And, um, you know, I, obviously life is different. Um, you know, think life is just different. <laughs> Everything is different about it. And uh, it was a challenging year, especially for these local restaurants. And so on behalf of all of the local restaurants in uh, New York State, especially the ones that we work with here at Eat Local New York, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that was out supporting local and is continuing to do so during these times. Our local community is so important. Our business community, our restaurant community, our arts community, our music so important that we keep those all those things alive. And so we can only do it by supporting them. So if you have the means to do so, make sure that you're buying local whenever you can, ordering takeout or going out to eat in, at local restaurants, ordering delivery from them, and uh, sharing Facebook posts and Instagram stories and all that kind of stuff whenever you can. Well, that's all I got for you today. Without further ado, here is my very fun conversation. I'm glad I had. It's so important. I hope you grab a hold of this, and I hope you share it with everybody that you can. But here's my conversation with Kyle from Kasai Ramen. Is that a separate group from Bud Lores? Yeah, so this um, little downtown coalition, I guess you can call it, 
uh, is myself, Paul Valenti, uh, Paul Messina, uh, Valenti, Glazing Fuse, yeah. you know, Messina, Pisa, yeah. David Hoynes, Kitty yeah. Hoynes, uh, Karen from Possibilities, uh, Chris Biley from OGXO, um, and Andy from Andy's Produce. Yeah, Andy and uh, I mean all of those except for Karen. I've been on pretty much everything that I've seen or been involved with. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're just trying to get as many people involved as possible. I know there's another group with Bud and uh, Jason yeah. from now and later. Uh, Jason's been doing some great stuff. Some of the um, <clears throat> call to actions and and um, letters that he's written to governor have been pretty spot on so far. Do these text groups exist before COVID? No, no. I mean, some of them might might have, um, but it wasn't like everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know Paul and I, uh, Messina and I, been friends for a couple of years now. Yeah, uh, he's been a great, come a great, great buddy of mine and good friend. Um, good support for each other. You know, this industry's hard enough. Yeah, uh, <laughs> without our state and local government. So, well, I shouldn't say local government. Our local government's been great, but our state government. Harassing us. I want, want people want to, hear to know like, yeah. what it's really like right now. Yeah. Because not a lot of people in our area are. Oh, they're clueless. Yeah. Yeah, they're clueless. And Valenti and I talk like it. it's danger. It's a fine line for a business owner to post on Facebook right now what it's really like. Yeah. Because I feel like once you kind of cross over a certain threshold, the public is just like, all right, they're dying. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Try not to worry too much about how other people's businesses are doing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't want anybody to fail. Right. Um, but like we were just talking about, this yeah. business is tough enough yeah. already. You didn't get um, in this to make and now. Now it's extra, extra difficult. So yeah. trying to make sure my ship doesn't sink is my number one priority. Yeah. But what I do like about what this group has done is we're kind of with the support of the local government uh, i know we were just talking about merrill walsh uh he, he and um county executive mcmahon um they've you know we've been on conference calls with them um you know we are kind of teaming up in a way that i haven't seen here before uh, i know i've talked with you before about being from philadelphia and i saw kind of a tighter knit yeah. community among chefs there um i wasn't a restaurant owner there so i can't speak to that but i can speak to the places that i did work i did see other restaurant owners coming in being friendly um here i not, haven't really gotten that vibe as much um i just said you know i've, I've i struck a friendship with paulie from Apiza, so you know that that and uh, you know i do have some other friends cody from defeat and rich from Eden, and you know there is a, a Nick group of us for sure. Yeah. Uh, but as a whole, I haven't really seen it. You know, I never met, um, some of these owners before and I'm yeah. the new guy in the block, of course. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, that's, we're going on our third year. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's not even the case so much anymore either. I was just talking to Tim at Barry Acorn and we're doing the show. I was telling you about, and he was like, uh, it was like in my head, I'm immediately going to like dollars, you know, like, all right, you want to, you want to get a uh, sponsorship on YouTube or, you know, I was like, so what do you, it's like, why are you guys doing this is to get more customers, sell more beer. He was like, dude, I, we just got to have something fun to do. And he was like, and I would caution you don't hang out with or talk to very often business owners that are alone. <laughs> he was like, 
you know, they're really fucking depressed right now. Yeah. He was like, you need to, he's like, I make sure that I'm, you know, surrounded by people who are like, you know, have a family or have a close group of friends or something. Yeah. It's like, cause people that are home, like by themselves, like not married, not tied down, no close group, don't have a tight circle and are going through this are super depressed. Oh, it's brutal. You know, I know, um, just don't, you know, name names or how I know them, but talk to some people that are in that situation that are working in this industry. So you don't have a job right now. If you're in downtown, uh, don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend, yeah. You know, living that bachelor life. I mean, I was doing it when I was their age, you know, yeah. I was in my mid to late twenties. I was working as a bartender or chef in Philly. I worked seven days a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I could, right. um, I worked every shift I could, you know, yeah. either chef or a bartender, um, just live that single life, you know, make that money, have fun, party hard, play hard, you know? Yeah. Um, but phew, I can't imagine. I mean, I have, that now. I have a two year old and, and my wife, my in-laws are close. Um, you know, Plus, uh, Jesse and I still see each other almost every day. Yeah. Um, my sous chef, Jesse, for those of you who don't know who he is, um, you know, I'm, I feel lucky in that regard right yeah. now. What I don't feel lucky about is that I'm doing a podcast with you on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I mean, I love you and I want to do this with you all the time. I'll sit here and drink a bullshit with you all, every day, yeah. all day, all right. but I should be getting my ass handed to me right now. You know, I should be panicking yeah. about having only, uh, two of my four specials prepped and lunch was too busy and I knew I should have closed for lunch. I mean, I feel like that's what happens every New Year's. Like I knew I shouldn't have opened for lunch, but I did because I didn't think it was going to be that busy. And then we got our butts kicked and, you know, <laughs> Why are, why are, so why not open tonight? Uh, cause, uh, our emperor, uh, governor Cuomo, uh, <laughs> putting us in, uh, the orange zone. He put yeah. downtown Syracuse in the orange zone. Um, we're not exactly sure why, uh, quote unquote. I mean, we know why he didn't, uh, he felt like it was a bad idea for downtown to be open for the holidays. Um, you know, they're supposed to be done on these metrics and whatnot. I don't, show me the numbers. I mean, where where downtown is just does not meet those numbers. Uh, you know, we're. You know, I know my spot alone. Um, just a rough estimate. Uh, over seven thousand people we served between June and November. Um, well over. This not including takeout. Yeah. Uh, this is just a rough estimate on dining numbers through. Uh, so when you come in with three of your friends or two of your friends, yeah. uh, our servers are supposed to put, okay, table uh, 12 is three people, gotcha. three guests. So our POS keeps track of that. Uh, and we had zero cases traced. Yeah. So, and I know um, with talking with the restaurant group that I was telling you about, um, who were kind of banded together these last couple months to really fight for uh one three two oh two zip code to get back into yellow zone uh, at, at bare minimum. Um we've all pulled our numbers and looked at how many people we've served between us and the few amount of cases that can be traced to us and it's just it's appalling, you know, that we're still in orange zone, still not open. You know, we all want to be safe and we all want, of course want, you know, our, a lot of times our customers are like family. Um, they become friends or family and our, of course our employees are like family. Mm. So we don't want to get anybody sick, but I, we all believe that we could serve people safely yeah. just like they do five miles down that way or that way. Or, right. you know, it's just, it's why is downtown closed? I don't, yeah. it's not like people are going to stop going out. No. Um, there is a, I won't, I won't say names of how I know these people, but 
person A and person B. Yeah, I have a little bit more. There's some left. Oh, there is. We got the KBS Mackinac fudge. Have you had that yet? No. <laughs> Do you like stouts? Yes and no. I don't like really sweet stouts. You won't have a problem with this one because it's 12 percenter, so the sweetness goes right away. Um, yeah, give her some character. Uh, person A and person B go out to dinner together. Mm-hmm. They're friends. Um, so person B drives to person A's house. They both get in person A's car. They drive 20 minutes to go to the restaurant, uh, sit in the, at the bar for 45 minutes, waiting for a table, having a glass of wine. Uh, must be nice. Sit down at the dinner table, have dinner together, get back in person A's car, drive back to person A's house, hang out for a little bit. Person B goes back home. Two days later, person A tests positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. Person B has to get, like, through contact tracing, person B has to get tested. Negative. Not, like, tests negative. Twice, yeah. actually. Not yeah. just once, but twice. Mm-hmm. Test negative twice. Yeah. And not a rapid test, which people, which they say isn't really that as accurate as it the old ones weren't the the newer ones are are much better yeah um so test negative twice wow waitress at the restaurant that served them test negative right nobody else test positive that they were anywhere near yeah it was in a crowded restaurant it was a restaurant that has 50 percent off their menu on the night that everybody that they were there Mm -hmm. so they're fucking packed yeah and that restaurant is a no zone yep not in a yellow zone right they were slammed. Mm-hmm. Nobody else tested positive. Yeah, it's um, so I don't know. It everything's just uh, <sighs> trying to stay positive, and uh, I know I, the rest of us are doing it. But it's just I get that. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's and, just us. And you've you pivoted know? too. And yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I but, mean, let's just be clear. When you say that, it's not like you've sat on your ass. Oh no, we've never just, closed. Yeah, we, exactly. The first time we didn't even shut down for one extra day right we changed our our hours yeah um we closed on mondays just because i went down to just jesse and i and a couple other you know support staff yeah uh, we have a couple front of house people still working i mean a shell of what they were working before yeah you know where my my lead server um danny uh, my manager and lead server uh one of my top guys who unfortunately um you know, about six months ago, left his second job just to come full time with us mm. because he was making great money. Mm. You know, uh, during weekends on Walton, we were just getting crushed on the weekends. That upped our, you know, people. We still hear it. We're still young. Uh, oh, I never knew you were here. You know, all the time. Right. And then once they see too that it's not packaged noodles or um, just noodles, there's so much more on the menu. Right. They. You know, that's where we start really gaining the repeat customers. Um, we're still, even though we're two years old and some change, we're, we still sit around 60% return customers out of, out of, you know, um, out of our return. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's great. We have the best customers ever. Um, but you know, these people are now they're losing everything. You know, they have have nothing and why, you know, how is it, you know, how can you go to tonight? The craftsmen, I'm sure they're booked. Yeah. Good for them. We right. want everybody to do well, but make it even. You know, why are we still closed? Mm. You know, it's really what we're trying to figure out, and we get no answers. We get no answers from the state. Um, we get in touch with the local politicians, state and uh, local, and, they, you know, everybody's sympathetic, and, every, you know, we keep hearing the same song and dance. Oh, you know, we feel terrible, this and that. But what 
what can be done? Nothing because it's one person that has the, the, the say and he, you know, we yeah. know what's going on there. I was able to be a fly on the wall for a zoom call with, uh, Congressman John Katko and like 20 <laughs> restaurant on owners yeah. and then the zoom call with, uh, kind of executive Ryan McMahon mm-hmm. and Syracuse mayor Ben Walsh and like 20 restaurant owners. Yep. And they were all asked the same thing. Uh, why aren't we, why, why are we orange? Can you help us get out of it? And all of them said the exact same thing. It sucks. I'm sorry. I'm more than happy to get on the phone and listen to you mm-hmm. and, you know, be an ear for you to complain to, but, the only person that is going to do anything or that can do anything is Governor Cuomo, and he's not listening to anybody. I mean, we can't even get a uh, pickup on the phone. Yeah, we can't. You know, I mean, Cuomo. I mean, I'm sure this isn't this is that's an aggressive statement, but mm. when you know, the governor is dealing with like his own city in Albany, which I'm assuming is an orange zone, um, I know Buffalo and Rochester, and obviously New York City are, are shut down. Um, he doesn't give a shit about Syracuse. I mean, you don't write a book and release it and get on how great he's doing during quarantine you know, and, COVID. He's, and he's killing uh, whatever. Are it's, you, you know, it's funny cause we, you fall into these anger fits. I don't know how you're going to call it depression. So I'm not depressed. Yeah. I'm angry. Um, you know, but we you try to stay positive so we can try and initiate some change because calling and screaming is not working or it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so you just try and figure out ways that you can get it to work. So we're trying to show, hey, look, you know, between these six restaurants, we served 130,000 people mm-hmm. from June till November. Well, the virus didn't go anywhere. You know, I mean, sure, we're having a worse surge now, but these knee-jerk zone reactions to, oh, my God, put it on orange. You know, it's it doesn't work. Yeah. There's 17 counties right now that are in the yellow zone that are 17 yellow zones mm-hmm. that are higher than our and orange zone. Yeah. Hmm. And they're still open for yellow. Right. So they can see they were supposed to get, you know, and again, we don't want anybody shut down. Right. We want all of us open yeah. equally. We now, if we have to do these yellow zone restrictions, fine. If that's what's going to keep people healthy, if if they think, if, you know, they think the air filtration systems will help, you know, we're all here to do it. Fine, well, and dandy. But give people the damn choice, yeah. you know. And not to mention that, but what what is this going to have, what are the ramifications going to be down the road for downtown? Because mm-hmm. right now, I don't care whether you're smart, whether you drink the Kool-Aid, where you don't drink the Kool-Aid, everybody's starting to get this is what you're doing is you're putting this thought into people. Downtown's not safe. Downtown's not safe. And we've been fighting for years to get that thrown away. Yeah. You know, when I first came up here, I would hear that and I'd be like, what are these people talking about? I'm from Philly. I'm going to talk about areas that aren't safe. <laughs> I'll take you on a walk, you know, well, Philly's a city five minutes, any up. direction. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> you know, and you, you come up here and you know, our downtown's gorgeous. There's no trash everywhere. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a great, great spot. Yeah. And we have younger entrepreneurs and investors and um, restaurateurs that are trying to diversify our food scene. Another thing you've heard when I first came up here, oh, everybody's the same. There's, you know, you have Kitty Hoyne's possibilities are the standouts downtown and Dinosaur and, and Apisa, you know, within the last five years, he just yeah. uh, hit five years, you know, but other than that, you don't hear anything. But now we, you have the York, you have yeah. um, us, you have Defeat, Eden, Defi, Eden yeah. you know, 
it's really starting to hit a stride that's awesome. Three Lives just is yeah. trying to open, right. <laughs> um, trying to survive. Um, you know, you have these younger, uh, four, you know, 40 under 40 is a big thing in this town. You know, you have, I'm under 40, John's under 40, right. uh, rich. Yeah. Uh, all of us were in that age demographic where you want to see growth come into the city to complement possibilities and, and Hoynes. Cause let's face it, you don't want people just coming in for pastas and Hoynes or yeah. pastas and, and, you know, I, I drawn a blank of who else might draw owls or yeah. tusk you know maxwell's maxwell's right you you want more and more diversity down yeah town to keep sure. drawing people to build the culture that we're building yeah look at kasai we have um every three months we have a different art show in there yeah. featuring all local artists who maybe didn't have the avenue to reach um a couple thousand people a week which you will get being at our place, yeah. you know, uh, it's just another in music, all the music musicians are being affected. So this thing is going well beyond that. And I think it's going to last and we need to figure out a way that we can say, Hey, this is all bullshit. Downtown is not any more dangerous than it is in Eastwood or Liverpool or yeah. Fayetteville or do it. It's just not. And, yeah. and there's no numbers to prove it, but the, the mainstream media and, and, governor's office and they're it's putting out whether they're doing it intentionally or not they're putting out the the message that downtown is dangerous right now you I can't think, go inside yeah i think it's and i don't even know if it's i mean it, yes it is specifically in this case downtown mm-hmm. i think um i you know i have a joke that if somebody's going to start blabbering at me about all the things about covid which you know my joke is that i just once they're done talking, I just say to them, well, that's if you believe it's real or not. And they usually walk away. I 1,000% uh, believe COVID is real. Mm-hmm. I have, a, I have uh, a friend who, I mean, my brother got it back in the early days, you know. I mean, back in, you know, early March, he mm-hmm. got it. Um, and he's fine. And he was like one of the first people to donate plasma after it, after he, after he recovered. And he's down in New York City. But I have friends who... Uh, are like the poster child for if you get COVID, you will die. Uh, you know, like severely overweight, pre-existing heart condition, uh, asthma, like everything is pointing to you will die immediately. Mm. Flu for a day, like flu-like symptoms for a day, they're fine. Um, and then I have a friend in Arizona who is relatively healthy other than the fact that they're slightly overweight, but no medical history, no pre-existing conditions, anything like that, gets it, and three days later drops dead. Oh, God. Um, so I see, like, the whole gamut of it, right? Yeah. And we all have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember talking to my brother Robert back in, you know, in you know early March, and he was like, yeah, I heard on the news that, you know, by the time this is all done, everyone in America will know someone who got it. I mean, it's crazy to think how far things have come. Yeah. But having said that, it is new, and granted, we've been living this for nine months, and granted, it, it you know it is dangerous and it has killed hundreds of th- you know a ton of people, right? Um, I think that number is over a hundred thousand that have died from COVID nineteen in America. Maybe it's global, I don't know, but a lot of people have died from it. It's a very serious thing, and we need to be concerned about it. But it's it's not like going out in public is going to guarantee that you get COVID-19 and that you guarantee die from it. Right. 
and the fear mongering that exists around it in the media that's dry, that's, you know, um, well, driving these knee jerk policies. Yeah. It's it's without a doubt driving these knee jerk policies. It's fear mongering. And yes, no, we're not trying to say that COVID-19 is not dangerous. My wife's a nurse practitioner in a cancer unit. Yeah. You know I mean? Like we, we know what it can do. She's seen it drop people who are in their thirties and healthy. Right. I mean, it's, it's terrifying, but we live in America. You cannot tell me that I can't operate my business. Especially when your business is about to shut down. I mean, you you can't. Yeah. You can't. This is unconstitutional to the umpteenth degree. And that's why we're seeing some of these cases in California and New York start to win because you just, you, you can't do it. You really should not be able to do it, and it makes my blood boil. Yeah. I mean, yes, this is very dangerous, but we can safely serve our people. And you know what, Anthony? If you want to go out downtown, you should friggin' be allowed to. Doesn't matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. The friggin', you know, uh, Russians could be invading. You should be allowed to go where you want to go. You know, that's an extreme. Yeah. But seriously, that's right. why we have a constitution. Yeah. That's why we have a Bill of Rights. I'm no constitution lawyer, but, uh, you know, a lot of these cases are winning. Look at Staten Island, Max yeah. Pub. He's open yes. right now. Across yeah. the streets in the yellow zone, he's in the orange zone. All these, I mean, you saw how many times he got arrested, you know, right. long drawn out case. He just won in court. The challenge is, though, how, I mean, I don't know what kind of money they had, but the challenge is the funding, the money that it takes to actually proceed to court and sue mm-hmm. um, an entity like the state of New York. Well, apparently there's, um, and I don't want to speak too much on this because I'm not too um, well-versed in what's going on, but there are some um, rumbles of a group of lawyers. You pay $500 per restaurant. Mm-hmm. So let's say I had three restaurants, three good size, still only be 500 bucks. Mm. So one group, you pay $500, you jump on that, on the lawsuit. And they're rolling through. It's part of the group that's done with Buffalo. And again, I can't really maybe yeah. want to edit out the details of that, but there is, a, there is, a, there is. A, we just say that we don't know everything yeah. about it. Yeah, I don't know everything about it, but yeah. there are there are lawyers out there who want to help because I mean they're probably their favorite restaurant shut down. Yeah, you know? and um, like you said earlier, we did pivot. The first one we had, a, um, you know, sales were obviously down, but it wasn't too big of a hit because we pivoted. We did some fun things. Uh, Jesse and I have a very diverse background in food and culinary um, styles. Um, So we were able to just have some fun, Um, which we do at Kasai anyway. Most of the time people don't realize that or, you know, maybe don't know it, Um, but we have fun like that anyway. Um, Mm. I didn't open a restaurant to stick to one style. Uh, You know, we, we play and have a lot of fun. Um, And then, uh, but this neck, this time now, sure. You said, Oh, but you pivoted. Yeah. But again, five minutes down the road in any direction of our restaurant, you can go down and sit and eat. And if you want to go out for dinner, why would you sacrifice going to be able to go sit down and have that experience? Cause let's right. put it, we're all selling an experience. Yeah. Of course we're selling food. Yes. That's yeah. we strip it down to the bare bones. We're selling food and drink. Mm. But really, you're selling an experience. I didn't need a 150-seat restaurant for Kasai. I didn't. I, it was originally going to be a fast casual concept, you know, a couple booths, maybe maybe some bars, um, you know, where you could come pull up, sit, much like you see in Japan and New York City. Yeah. Um, that was the original goal. But I f- 
walked into that space. I mean, it was a shell of what it is now and it was still under construction and I fell in love. I thought of the experience. I thought of, Oh my God, I could do more than ramen. Yeah. That's why we have that hashtag, not just ramen. Uh, but I thought I could do more. I could do more here. I could push the boundaries of what you would expect in a ramen restaurant, you know, um, while still focusing on ramen. But that's what we're doing. We're selling the experience. You know, when my wife and I are lucky enough to get a chance to go out and not often we own a restaurant and we have a two year old. Uh, but you know, we go to places that we really enjoy the atmosphere as well as the food. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just so to compete with that and only have takeout that now that limits us to if you want Kasai, you're going to get it because we're still open and you can get it, but you're going to have to eat it at home or in your car or at your friend's house. Yeah. Um, you know, which is where the problems are existing with yeah. transmission, you know, people are still going to get together. They're still going to have fun. So we had a great year. I mean, for eat local, we had, um, I mean, at the beginning of quarantine, we had, uh, there was a lot of restaurants that were, that had never done marketing before or paid somebody to do marketing before. All of a sudden we're doing it. Mm. Like we're looking for people you would to think hire. with everything that was going on that they'd want to not do that, not no, spend the money. Cause they were freaking That's interesting. out. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, there was a couple people that I had talked to, tried to pitch in the past and they were like, no, we're good. And then all of a sudden, like March 1st, I'm getting calls like, Hey, can you come out here and do it? Wow. So we took on one new client. Um, went great. They had a killer here. Uh, just met with them today. You know, it's hard if you haven't been doing marketing, if you haven't been doing anything to then all of a sudden start doing something, mm-hmm. especially pay to play, which is what I do for our clients. It works. You know, they usually shoot through the roof right in the beginning and then it starts to taper off. Um, that's just cause social media accounts or the companies, they want you to get that, you know, addiction to their platform. Yeah. Right. And so, so that's been pretty good. Card sales this year were a shit ton better than they were last year. Great. Um, a big part of that is I spent two grand in Facebook ads between October and December 1st. They work. Yeah, that we had never spent before. I hired Stay Fresh Designs. I mean, shout out to Jess, the Jess Montgomery photographer there, and Tommy Lincoln. They do amazing work. Yeah. Um, Tommy did the labels for our... Uh, holiday stuff for good buddy. Nice. Jess did. I hired her to take pictures for the eat local card. Um, and so they just did a great job. We hired, um, I can't think of the name of the kid. We hired a, another marketing agency to like put in a randomizer button on our website for us. Nice. So you can't figure out where to eat, go to our website, click a button. We'll give you a suggestion. Oh, cool. Um, so we did stuff like that and card sales shot through the roof. I mean, we've raised, we hit the goal last night. Um, well, not the, our goal was to raise $10,000 yeah. the United way. I think we're going to hit about 4,000. So, which I'm happy with, like, it's great. I wanted to hit 10, but I'm happy with the, with hitting four. Might've um, been uh might've no COVID. You might've, the only the difference would have been that we would have been at events and we did about like $4,000 in sales at events last year. That mm-hmm. may have been more this year. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we had the press of as much as I, um, I don't, you know, whatever, but we got Syracuse.com wrote an article just like two weeks ago on eat local New York card. And that generated a thousand dollars in sales. Yeah. It was a nice article. Um, it wasn't supposed to be that way. It was supposed, it was supposed to be about the gift card packages that we were doing for bud. And, um, instead Don just did the whole article on the card, which is great. Mm -hmm. And news channel nine did a zoom interview with me. Same thing on the card. 
that got, you know, a few hundred dollars in sales. Um, so that kind of stuff is really cool. It's amazing how much the local media affects, you know, traffic like that for oh, just to bring eyes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so that stuff was great. Um, so we are, it's our best year financially for sure. I mean, that doesn't mean anything that's still sub $20,000, but, um, in terms of card sales, but that's still our best year yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I'm going to start paying myself like a hundred bucks a month in 2021 (laughs) for the only, only thing is just. I feel like if I see a page, like if I see money coming into like as on payroll, yeah, I'll be like, "Oh, this is amazing." Now, I know a lot of like entrepreneur books and whatnot that I've read and um, articles and master classes, all this stuff. They say one of the biggest mistakes you can make as an entrepreneur is to not pay yourself. Yeah, you know, just something. And uh, I know uh, I'm guilty of it for sure. I went. I, st- I still don't take a regular paycheck yeah. um, just because you can. <laughs> I mean, I could, but yeah, is that that money might be better served sitting in the bank or, right. you know, um, going towards marketing or, yeah. I mean, we don't, I uh, recently cut ties with our people that were doing marketing help for us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I was hesitant going into it and just wasn't getting out what I needed to get out of it. Yeah. It's tough. Um, Oh, you know, we do a pretty good job on our own. Yeah. Um, so I think we're an extra tough client. Uh, our social media presence is pretty strong. Yeah. Just, just on our own. You know, we do, we do a pretty good job. Yeah. You've always been Um, pretty active doing it yourself. Yeah. I mean, I come from the musician background. So, uh, you know, that's when, when, uh, your market, your social marketing and social media marketing results in directly into the food that you put in your mouth. Uh, (laughs) you tend to learn how to get pretty good at it. Uh, so that guerrilla marketing, you know, I learned on the road in a touring band. So, um, a little advantage there. Uh, plus again, when we were first coming out, we were so different. So, you know, that was a little bit in our benefit as well. I mean, we still are so different. Yeah. It's a bit, it was a big deal to have a ramen shop opening up in Mm -hmm. Syracuse, New York. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was like the talk of the town and like the food scene at least, um, for a while. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, before we, uh, took the little intermission, I was going to crack another beer. Yeah. Go for it. I got a little, I got a bottle opener keychain on there. Yeah. That was a Christmas gift. Thank you. Giants won big game this Sunday. You know what I mean? I was just talking to a restaurant, uh, a client of mine. They were like, we want to do a Super Bowl party this year. Do you think people will come out for it? I was like, if the Bills are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. If there's a New York team in the Super Bowl, that's the other thing that drastically affects business around here. One of my longtime clients has been Franco's Pizza and Dolce Vita. And. We were at one year she did a adult for both. They did like the sponsorship up at the dome where it's like you get a handful of games a year and you get your logo on like the for the basketball games, you get your yeah. logo on like the board and you get to go behind like the curtain and have like a table or, you know, pass shit out. And so she had done a couple few games like that. And one of them was a Duke game. And it was a Duke game when we won. Oh, man. And, was that two years ago? Yeah. And, um, The difference it makes for local restaurants and bars, 
for the amount of money that they'll make if an SU home team at a home game wins versus loses is insane. Yeah. You could go from like 10 people to one of the busiest nights of the year mm-hmm. if SU wins at home. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it being out, but uh, for Kasai, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I usually don't like SU nights because <laughs> if it's home, people are at the game yeah. and not coming for ramen. Well, I mean, we do get, you know, a little pregame yeah. business. Uh, but you but don't get people. We're not really the, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 not so much. <laughs> One of the things I loved about Kasai is the being open late on the weekends. Oh, I, I, miss ne- it. I, I never took advantage of it, but I just, <laughs> I love the fact that it existed. Yeah, right. Those old folks don't do it. Um, no, I miss it. I don't miss working those hours. The 9 a.m. to 4 a.m. on on Fridays is tough. Yeah. Um, not that I did every week, um, but it just it makes scheduling a little difficult. Yeah. Because we've always run a pretty tight crew. I mean, when I opened, and you know, one of the many mistakes I made was overstaffing. Yeah. You know, I had too many chefs. I had too many. Um, cooks. I had too many servers. I had too many managers. I had, yeah, I <laughs> I run it about a third of what I used to. Yeah. Um, but even then, it was tough to schedule with that three o'clock close time. But I miss it. I miss it a lot. Yeah, you know, we Jesse and I were joking around about the other day. I was like, man, remember how we used to bitch about our our late night shifts? And now I just wish I could have one. <laughs> uh, but you know, hopefully, um. What do you think is going to happen after I don't know. the inauguration? I don't, know. I don't know. Everybody's thinking the inauguration, Biden's going to shut the country down. Um, I don't I don't know for sure. I mean, obviously no one does. Uh, it's scary. Yeah. I mean. Let me ask you this. Are you, uh, you don't have to answer this one, but. I'll like answer it. it. I'd like it if you did. Ain't no punk bitch. <laughs> um, what's your, uh, where do you stand politically? Are you. More I am a uh, registered Republican. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not afraid to. Right. Yeah. Well, uh-oh. I don't know if we've talked ever, <laughs> ever talked politics, but uh, I know my sous chef Jesse will ask, laugh about this, but I'm not shy to talk politics with anyone. Yeah. Um. Mm. I'm. I am a register. I'm not. I'm uh, independent. Mm-hmm. Um. I probably lean more Republican just because I kind of grew. I grew up in like a super Christian home, mm-hmm. who always voted. Based off of the abortion issue, mm. is it good? Oh, it's good beer. See, it's I, I oh. like it, but it's too sweet. You gotta get it out of that bottle. Yeah, yeah. Put pour it in that glass. I had no. So this is the Mackinac Fudge KBS. Yeah. So it is going to be a little sweet, but it sat in a bourbon barrel for a year. I know not all, and it's so high in ABV that yeah. it, it really is well balanced. But sitting in the glass, you're just going to get that. So you're just going to get that that front note. You're not going to get that full balanced taste sitting in the bottle. I know it's not supposed to be Guinness, but I sat and had a podcast and had a conversation with David Hoyne for an mm-hmm. hour and drank a fucking Guinness with the guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, if that's not anybody who's part Irish is wet dream, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm a register. I'm not. I'm an independent, right. uh, lean Republican just because growing up, the family always voted, you know, if it was – you know, uh, pro-life instead of pro-choice. Right. Um, and, 
So whenever I go into the voting booth, I always hear like my my our old Kentucky pastor from when I was like ten. I always hear like him telling me like vote right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I vote libertarian pretty much through and through. But I'm not opposed to any party. It's I think it's more about the candidate than it is about the party, right? Mm-hmm. And for, you know, obviously, unfortunately, we live in a country where it's just a two party system, and you know, at least for the time being, that's always it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future, unless right. something drastic happens. Yeah. Now, having said that, financially, though, I, I definitely lean Republican. Yeah. And I think that these stimulus packages are probably some of the worst things that could happen to us as a country because. A, it's strapping future generations with paying down that debt. Where the America is, you know, what over like two point eight trillion dollars in debt. It's over three now. Okay, so um, at the beginning of COVID, they just called the Fed and printed money. Um, God only knows where this, however many billions of dollars that just got passed, right? Where that money is coming from. Yeah. Um, but I know we didn't have it. And they're looking right? for more. Yeah. Uh, $600 stimulus check. You know, I haven't gotten mine, but I have a friend at work who got his this morning. Yeah, I think they'll be pretty much, if you're doing electronically, it'll be done by Monday. Yeah. Um, in the short term, in terms of local business, local restaurants, I'm like, okay, uh, people are going to go out and spend money. Like, maybe they're going to go spend more money. Mm-hmm. Um. I'd like to think in my head, I'm thinking that like a lot of these local restaurants are suffering so much right now because people are afraid from the surge. They don't have as much money as they once did, uh, especially in the beginning during quarantine when they were getting $600 a week if they were on unemployment. And there's more open. In quarantine, there was so much shut down that really what you were going to spend your money on. Right. Once quarantine was lifted, I have friends that work in furniture stores. It was like, it was the oh, gangbusters. People that were friends that work at car dealerships, same thing. You couldn't find a new car if you wanted to. Um, people were spending money like crazy. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They haven't been over the past. I feel like the past like two months. Now, having said that, and you made a Facebook post about this, like the day that orange restrictions went into place, I go to Target and there's a fucking shit ton of people there buying stuff. Same at Walmart, yeah. right? Yeah. Like there are still people going out there and spending a shit ton of money. Yeah, in I got places. the. I got the, you mentioned that post. I got the call saying that we were going to be in orange zone. Um, as I was shopping at Target, I mean, I for, I forget what I was there for. Who called you? Um, uh, a member of Mayor Walsh's team. Um, you know, I've been working hand in hand with them since uh, beginning of. Shut down on weekends on Walton. I was, you know, highly involved in that because I had experience with it being in Philadelphia. It's a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, shutting down streets and, and having a party. <laughs> um, basically what it is. Uh, and, but, um, so that I was, I was let known earlier in the day that they didn't, 13202 was not, you know, I called and was like, what is this? You got to be kidding me. Where is and that zip code, by the way? Downtown. It is. Okay. Yeah. So they're like, no, you're not, you know, the initial map came through. It doesn't look like you're going to be included. Um, it's great. You know, stinks for anybody. It is. I don't want anybody to be in the orange zone, but you know, selfishly like good, you know, great. Shouldn't be right. <laughs> you know, uh, but then they called me and we were at, my son and I were at target and they're like, yeah, you, you, it's, he included it. 
I'm like, why? <laughs> why are we, why is this happening? And I'm looking around and there's 15 people on each line and hundreds of people. I mean, look, I'm not saying anything new that hasn't been said all across this country in any blue run state mm-hmm. or city that is dealing with these problems. It's just simply put bullshit. You know, it doesn't make any sense that you can go into Wegmans, shop in a line where somebody just put their hands all over an apple and this where and that, or masks I mean, shoulder to shoulder, Lowe's, Home Depot, any of them. It's just all bullshit. And not to mention, let's talk about the food court. Yeah. Who is in 13202. They are not supposed to be open, right? Right. No food service. Because they're so worried about taking the mask off. That's the problem. You know, take the mask off. And, the, you know, that's that's what we keep hearing. Oh, well, you take your mask off to eat. Yeah. Well, they're doing it at the food court with no regulations. They're sitting right next to each other. None of the tables are roped off. There's no social distancing. There's none of, the, none of it. Yeah. What about the Salt City Market? Opens this month, right? Yeah. Now, they're supposed to be takeout only. Um, the vendors are getting prepared for takeout only. Right, which yeah. is fine. I'm not right. again, we're not we don't want to hurt the yeah. vendors. We want them to be open. Right. Again, it's drawing more people downtown. Right. But okay, takeout only, but you're still going into the building mm-hmm. to shop. Yeah. They're still I mean I was are in there. Are you really yet. gonna police that? Yeah, I mean I was in there yesterday. It's coming. It's when we were open before we got put in orange zone, we had the brown tr- I mean the SLA um coming in every two minutes to check each one of our restaurants downtown, make sure we weren't overstaffed or, or over, um, over stuffing our seats and yeah. not over capacity and everybody wearing a mask and there weren't people sitting at the bar. There was, you know, food on every check, which is great, Yeah, but it's not consistent. And that's, what's driving us crazy. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's not, none of it makes any sense, nor is it consistent. So what can, uh, people who want to support local, by that, I mean not just customers, but other business owners, restaurant owners, community activists, let's call them. Mm-hmm. What can they do, in your opinion, to help local restaurants right now? Or help, let me take, let me rephrase that. What can they do to help the city of Syracuse right now? I mean, I think that's a loaded question. I think number one is support the restaurants that can't have people in the dining room right yeah. now. Number one. Uh, takeout gift cards. Um, something that's really been helping Kasai is caterings. Yeah. So 35, 40 people for lunch is huge. Yeah. Uh, that's almost replacing what, you know, a normal service. Right. Um, so, you know, we've done pretty much one or two a week of those mm-hmm. and that's been really, really helpful. Um, you know, hundred lunches can make it a, a week, Yeah. you know, so, you know, to replace some of these revenues that we're, we're losing. Um, on top of that, you know, once we do get open, don't be afraid to come down town where you're not more dangerous than it is in North Syracuse. It's just, there's no evidence to this. There's no, and you know, we're going to be putting out numbers here in the near future and, and, um, you know, hopefully a media campaign with some help of, of government and officials and whatnot, but, um, just showing that it's not, you know, just like when we did put the U back in Syracuse, um, you know, there, it's not any different than North Syracuse, Fayetteville, Dewitt. Um, we're not more dangerous. We're not acting yeah. carelessly. We're not just flying by the seat of our pants. You know, the SLA was inspecting us every night. Mm-hmm. Like every night we're open, we're, here comes SLA. 
you know, and it's fine. Come, come inspect me. It's fine. I'm taking it seriously. We are taking everybody's health seriously. We're taking COVID seriously. We're just asking you not to close our business. Hmm. You know, let us earn a living. Let us, um, earn a living for our employees. Let us help the retailers that are surrounding us downtown. Um, I know there were a couple of places, uh, who weren't pleased with, the uh, well, one place that wasn't pleased with, the um, shutting down of Walton street. Uh, I would love to see the numbers between, uh, you know, the couple extra thousand people were coming down for weekends on Walton's hanging out, listening to music, eating wonderful food yeah. and shopping locally. Cause we saw the bags at our tables uh, compared to now when it's just a ghost town down there. I mean, it looks like I am legend in downtown, and it's it's yeah. it's really disgusting. And right now it is. I mean, I was joking around that day like a month ago when I stopped down to pick up lunch. There was a fucking dude walking up to like up to par- like people in their cars like they were sitting in their car parked on the street, like banging on the window with his fist asking for money, mm-hmm. which the homeless population has existed in downtown Syracuse forever. Right. Yeah. But it's grown astronomically since all of this and it's gotten more aggressive i mean you know jesse was saying he was like there was a dude you know walking by me when i was there picking lunch he was you know he told me the story of the dude that like looked him square in the fucking eyes and then like threw a bottle on the ground you know (laughs) i mean you know shit has gotten real Mm -hmm. and it's going to take a lot more um to really get things back to the way that they were well there's just i mean Speak to that, I mean, whenever you're in a city, you're going to have, unfortunately, the homeless and the beggars and and that. And, uh, you know, I think our city does a pretty good job at it. Um, Again, I'm coming from Philadelphia, so uh, I see people complain about what it is here, and I'm like, like, you guys are fucked. (laughs) Like, what are you complaining about? You're so lucky, you know? I won't, you can't imagine the shit I've seen. <laughs> I used to live in Austin, man. I've seen, yeah, yeah. I've seen the shit. So you yeah. get it. I mean, it's just uh, like, yeah. Hear people complain about parking up here. It makes yeah. you want to just like. I, I'm fortunate. Oh, I don't go downtown <laughs> because there's no parking. There's five friggin' lots around uh, my restaurant. Yeah. Five. I don't it used to take about- me 45 <laughs> minutes to find a parking spot to coming home from work on a freaking Monday. Yeah. Not even talking about the weekends in Philadelphia. And then if you want to get a lot, it's a couple hundred bucks a month, not 40. You know what I mean? Most of my employees pay $40 a month to park within two minutes of walking to the restaurant. That's amazing. It's unreal. Yeah. We have it so good. We do. We have it so good. Yeah. And now, especially with the momentum that the restaurant scene was building, um, I don't know. It's scary moving forward. Yeah. Uh, but I think we can do it. You know, um, the homeless problem, uh, right now, maybe, or earlier in the shutdowns might have been elevated. I don't see it right yeah. now because I think the cold weather's set in and it's gone. But I think a, a cause and effect thing is our police had to cut funding because there's no sales tax coming in because our restaurants are shut down. So, Retail's making less money um, if they're even staying open. Right. Restaurants aren't making any money or less if they're staying open. 
So the city's not making much money. So it's a trickle down effect. You know, people talk about trickle down economics. Well, here's, here's a freaking one for, for, <laughs> for knee jerk reaction shutdowns. Okay. You shut us down. We're making less money. So you have less money for your police force. So our police force isn't doing as many patrols around our area. What's going to happen? Yeah. More crime. There hasn't been more crime. I can't really speak to the numbers, but it hasn't seemed like there's been an uptick downtown. I don't, my house it's was just, broken into it's just, twice. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're, you're in North Side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I live in the North Side too. I'm right down the street from you. So, yeah. I mean, the other night, I, I I the other morning, I woke up to the tonic cover of my pickup truck being like up over the bed of my truck. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't really even know how they did that. <laughs> that was a talented one because <laughs> my truck was locked. So I don't know how, and there was nothing to take, but anywho, um, just to the homeless and the, you know, the people, um, yeah, the, the, the hobo problem, or I don't even know what the right word is nowadays. It's definitely not, it's the definitely hobo not problem. hobo. <laughs> I don't give a fuck to be honest with you. <laughs> We're drinking 12% beer. I, I don't care. Um, not the hobo problem. I think the <laughs> when we were open, let's say for weekends on one, um, when they saw that, uh, when they saw the streets being open and no cars and, yeah. and very little police presence, uh, it got, to be a problem but you know what we did a few of us got on the phone with the mayor's office the police and it was done yeah a couple days and it was it was controlled but right now the police has no reason to be downtown there's nobody there's nobody down there yeah there's no reason to be there why would they patrol i mean we still see the cars go by and whatnot but i mean yeah if there's no activity there's no activity and that goes all the different ways the homeless problem is you know uh, like Maybe last year, uh, I think it was last year, we went to the brew fest at the Palace, or at the uh, Landmark. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and a group of friends, and you know, we left, it was over, we were all hammered, we're walking downtown to go get a drink, we walked to Kasai first, mm-hmm. and... Um, Gotta get that chicken sando. Yeah, and we walked by this one homeless dude who I've, I've seen, I see downtown like every time I'm down there. And he was standing on like a weird corner asking for money. And in my head, as I'm like half drunk, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to make this guy's week. And I gave him like a $50 bill and just kept walking. Like literally as we walked past, they just handed it to him. And we kept walking to Kasai. We wound up leaving Kasai because you guys were slammed. And so we wound up going to like one of the shitty hole in the wall bars right up the street. And uh, we walked right past that guy like, six minutes later and he was still asking for money and literally at that point i was like fuck this i'm not doing it anymore (laughs) and then yesterday i was driving down i I drive past this corner here at fayette all the time and there's like six or seven of them it seems like a day that hang out on like that four corners right there there was this kid he looked like he had been he like 19 20 years old yesterday it was cold when it was blowing in the afternoon and he's standing out there in the corner with no mask. Typically you see, I see him wearing mm. a mask. This kid has no mask. He's got like his jacket pulled down over his hands cause he's cold holding the sign. And he like, it's like the two lanes and I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, I like make eye contact with the kid and he can tell that no one's going to give him money or give him anything. And he just started crying and mm. that bothered me. Yeah. That, I was like, Oh fuck. It's like, what do I do now? Do I give him money? You know, like, 
you know, is this an act? Like, you know, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been involved with like homeless outreach in the past yeah. years ago and stuff. And, you know, um, and I've met a lot of these guys and talked to them mm-hmm. and a lot of them are, most of them are just out there doing their thing. They can make enough money to buy a pack of cigarettes and a six pack of beer. They're fine. They're back to their camp and, yeah, and for a lot of them, that's what, just what they want to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, even aside from yesterday, it feels like it's gotten a fuck ton worse downtown. Yeah, um, I don't know about worse. I don't know if better is either. Really, honestly, probably selfishly, I've been involved in my own problems. Right. For uh, sure. yeah. Not like you know, I've also seen that kid that you're talking about crying. I've also seen him drop bags of drugs in front of our restaurant. So, uh, you know, Jesse threw out a bag of spike that he dropped, you know, I've seen Jesus. them smoking up or doing whatever yeah. they do on the corner there. Um, so the sympathy factor goes down, but we do a lot, we do a lot in um, donating food and, yeah. and resources. Uh, we just ran a, um, a toy drive through even during lockdown or well, our lockdown. Yeah. I shouldn't say lockdown as a whole, cause it's not everybody right now. Um, but when we were in our orange zone lockdown, um, we did a toy drive for, uh, you know, um, less fortunate kids. We have always helped out with the mission and, yeah. um, Red Cross. And I believe we really should help. Um, I don't know if it's gotten worse. Uh, I can't really speak to that. Uh, I think during the summer I saw a little uptick, uh, but I think our police force does a great job and yeah. the city does a great job of trying to contain it. And, um, give the, not just come down with a lead hammer, yeah. um, but really try and help these people. Cause whether it's your personal choice or it's an addiction or, um, you know, we shouldn't look down on these people and, and consider it a problem while it is a problem. I think we're, we should focus instead of saying it's a problem is trying to come up with a solution. Yeah. Um, but that just might be me as a chef, you know, uh, here's a problem where, where, how the hell do we just fix that? Right. You know, cause that's, I think that's what that profession does for you. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people call themselves chefs, but they can't come o- overcome a simple problem, yeah. you know, and it, it's, you know, that's just one that's part of the job, let alone the administrative part of the job, which is, I think really what defines it. Um, but yeah, number, well, two would be your administrative duties, uh, separate you from a line cook or a sous chef from an executive chef or this or that, but just problem solving. Yeah. Um, do you have to call somebody when there, a problem arises? Do you have to call somebody to figure out that problem or can you figure it out yourself? You kind of uh, go into when you get like when you, you guys are slammed, let's go back in time. All right. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> imagine uh, a, a world. Why are we still here? <laughs> why is my restaurant still closed? Imagine Why? You, imagine you live in a world where you're open for dining. Mm. Uh, people don't have to wear masks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got 30 tables, let's say. So you're slammed. 30, dude. We seat 150. <laughs> uh, well, there's no four-person restriction. So, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so you can maybe there's, you know, those 30 tables have six people. Mm-hmm. Each one. Um, but you're slammed. Do you kind of just go into, like mentally that zone of like it's just problem solving it's like tick 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 oh tick, yeah tick. there's no panic i mean there's just in me personally there's no like oh shit or, or and that's why i try and train everybody from our my mater d brit um who like kind of is like my floor general um she's been with us since day one uh mitch and danny you know 
you can have these moments where you like start to get like angry or upset or, and, and you know, I really try and just be the stopper of that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the executive chef's job and of GM and owner, which I kind of wear all the, not kind of, I wear all those hats yeah. for us. Um, Are you trying to be like in the midst of a rush and something pops up? Are you like, you know, the music goes out, right? You got to have the answer. But There's are no you, like, are you, what do I do, this or that? You are just, you trying to be the, hey, everything's fine, let's just figure out the answer? Are you like, no, go do this and get it done? Oh, yeah, just get it done. Yeah. Yeah, there's no... Do you have a hard time switching that off when you get home with your wife? Yeah. 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 I mean, I have, I struggle with all of it. I mean, none of us are perfect, and I'm far, right. I'm far from it. Um, I ask because that's... I'm I, over, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I certainly struggle with that. Yeah. She yeah. might want to have a podcast with, with some of the wives of our uh, <laughs> that's a good restaurant idea. owners. Hey, that's man, a really you know, good I idea. I still want to do our noodles and talk, you know, uh, noodles yeah. and brews. Yeah. Chef talk one. I think that's a brilliant one, too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I struggle with that. Um, even now during lockdown, I find myself, my wife will be like, hey... Uh, kind of way you're talking to me right now and i'm just like oh shit you know, sorry <laughs> and and you do you get into that like at work i'm like a you know general you know i, I i'm not you know i'm screaming and yelling all the time right. unless it's ultra uber necessary um but and i've gotten better with that i think over the that's been one of my main targets to improve as an owner now not just a chef is uh temper and tone yeah. The the double T's, um, watch the temper and try and watch the tone. Um, I've been guilty of sometimes coming off a little like, you know, cold or, yeah. or just brutal, um, to not as what I'm saying, but just, you know, just here's what you have to do. Get it fucking done. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know? And that's just not, it's not right. a good way to be a leader. Um, so just improving on, on being a leader is a big focus of mine always. Yeah. Um, at Kasai, we have a saying, just be better. Just, and I'm constantly saying that that's, that's our company motto Yeah. is our, you know, our, uh, people always talk about their, um, am I drawing a brain fart? Uh, not motto, but, uh, company culture, company. culture, company, culture. What's your company culture? My company culture is don't be okay with mediocrity. Be yeah. better. Yeah. Just at all costs, be better. So that's, you know, you ask, would my wife say it? Yeah. Sometimes I get a little quick. Sometimes I talk to her like maybe she's an employee, which, you know, it's hard sometimes <laughs> to snap out of that mode. You know, when you work a ton of hours yeah. and, you know, mm. it's hard to shut that off. Yeah. You know, sometimes. That's good. Uh, yeah. You, that's know, you ask a question and like, you get annoyed. And she's like, I just asked you a question. <laughs> I was like, I've, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in a course of a day, I'm asked probably thousands of questions. Yeah, and sometimes that one question is just enough. You know? <laughs> I used to be a stage. Man- I used to be a stage manager at a mega church in Texas, and I learned that there, which is if you if we have a 45 minute, you know, play right mm-hmm. that's going on. And something might need to be changed like that quickly. It doesn't matter what the f- like. Go get it the fuck done now, right? Yeah. And I I find myself like uh, you know it's like today I had you know had to can't leave work too early, right? Had to go get pick up gift cards at a restaurant, get back here, set up the cameras for this podcast, mm-hmm. meet some dude who refuses to buy and eat local card online. So I of course he has to do it in person. <laughs> 
because he doesn't trust Apple Pay. <laughs> so I have to like make sure I'm going to meet him right at the right time to give him his card to get his ca- and then you're coming, you know. So, and I was just like, I I'll go home and I I have not figured out the magic thing of how to before I open the door like chill. Oh, don't talk to me like I figured it out. Yeah, no, I know you haven't figured have it out. Not. I'm so far. I've gotten better. You got to be like 60 and have a lot more gray hair to have figured it out. Hey, I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know what the key is. I mean, like I said, my daily focus is to be a better father, be a better husband, be a better chef, be a better restaurant owner. Listen, I you know, and I'm only a restaurant owner for two and a half years at this point. Yeah. I suck. You know, there's, <laughs> I beat myself. I can't sleep at night and it's yeah. not because of COVID. Right. You know, I can't control that. I can't control what, you know, Andy's doing to us. I can't control, Yeah. you know, whether my restaurant could be open right, right now. So I'm trying to take that time to be better. Yeah. Um, and I just, I really, it's something I learned at, uh, working for guitar center. Um, and I got pretty high up the chain, uh, locally at Guitar Center, I became a, st- a store manager, the, s- the youngest assistant store manager in company history. Um, I set sales goals that still are in that company. I know they're going through their troubles now, which really saddens me. Yeah. Uh, because deep down, uh, yeah, it's a big corporation, but they have really, really good core values. Yeah. Uh, and it's something I'm trying to build with Kasai, as you know. Uh, we're going to be opening more restaurants here in the near future. Um, hopefully, as long as everything goes according to plan, um, and I'm going to keep building Mastro Restaurant Group. Uh, we're going to we're going to really keep growing. Hopefully, here as long as our industry isn't destroyed by these restrictions and and this pandemic, um, which I think we're a resilient group. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll be able to survive. Um, hopefully, it's all of us. It might not be. Um, you never know what can happen. I you know I might have survived, but it's not. I'm not going to let it stop me. And uh, it's just, just I think we as people, um, if we just focus on being a better person in all aspects of our lives, um, things just will work out better. There's never, not yeah. ever going to be like, hey, you're open. Here's the magic wand. I mean, us getting open brings a whole other set of problems. Yeah. Our costs are going to go up with food. Uh, our payroll costs are going to go up. Our electric costs are going to go up. All of our cost of doing right. business is going to go up will the customers come back yeah and then you have to worry about how are you going to get them we're just dealing with what four months of fear-mongering don't go downtown that's the orange zone yeah they're dangerous and who knows what's going to happen with the vaccine because i served ten thousand people in the last four months and there have been zero cases right yeah all right to shift gears Let's do the shift. Even though this could be a good place to end the conversation. We won't because we still have beer. I want to ask you this question on, on uh, camera. So I know I don't know anything about anything, and I've said that plenty of times in the podcast. So anyone who's an active listener, first of all, thank you. I don't know who you are, but I appreciate you. And uh, second Mucho of all, gracias. you've heard this before. But I know nothing about nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, I don't know shit about shit. Except for cameras, microphones, <laughs> podcasts, marketing. Right. But having said that, recessions. Recessions in America are supposed to Trying happen. You wrote me into politics again, <laughs> aren't you? No, this is, well, is going to be, well, all right. Recessions are supposed to happen every eight years. They right. Have, it's just a check. Throughout American right. history, they have. Throughout American economic history since the Great Depression, an economic recession has happened right. every eight years, except Check for two, inflation. Except for two times, 
They happened every 12 years. The first time that happened was in 2008 with the housing bubble, right? Housing market crisis. Uh, the second time was leading into 2020. Now we're approaching 13 years since the last recession. The economy, technically the stock market today, even though we had a massive fallout back in May. Still doing well. Today it's doing better than, yeah. you know. Setting records. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm making money. Right, thank you. Um, I pulled my money out of my retirement account on the worst day of the market this year and I haven't put it back in. Don't. Um, anyways, I, recessions obviously are necessary. And mm-hmm. if anything, if not just for economic things to like kind of point out flaws in like different areas of the economy, um, you know, it's like evolution, right? It pulls out, it shows its weaknesses and then that dies off and we build something else. I think it also has to happen for like local business and local economy. Like things can't always be good. And right. granted, right now things are far from good when we're looking, especially in the restaurant industry and especially in local business. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we've had a shit ton of restaurants close permanently, permanently or temporarily in Central New York and Onondaga County. Was that close? There, there was something in my kombucha. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we, I've said before, we've had 18 that have been on the card yeah. in 2020 that have closed this year. That's brutal. Um, not all of them permanently, but half of them at least. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that has to happen. Like, I, I have this feeling, I shouldn't say in my opinion, I have this feeling that in order for the next Kasai, and I don't mean like another ramen shop, but I mean like another restaurant that is different than what's existed in Syracuse ever before, mm-hmm. like Kasai. In order for that other restaurant to pop up, for there to be some new creative outlet or food or cre- cuisine or whatever, some new creative way to open to run a restaurant, in order for that to come in, we have to have somebody go out. It's not because like all the spaces are taken up right now, just like you have to like have those cycles, right? Right. Natural evolution. And I don't think we're going to get there unless a shit ton more places close. Like, I don't think we can just keep bailing people out, which I know is is partially necessary. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we can keep expecting grants from the city, which, by the way, are going to some restaurants and businesses that shouldn't be getting them. Um, We can't expect, like, another round of five, like... I'm going to take this off camera, off the, off the air. All right. Back on air. <laughs> we can't just keep bailing people out. And it's, it's devastating. I agree. And I could not imagine. And again, this ties into our, you asked me where I stood politically, and I said I'm a registered Republican. Um, it wasn't, I haven't always been a Republican. Um, it's not a new thing. I've been a registered Republican for over 10 years now. Um, I just, I was a Democrat, which I've always leaned more centrist, libertarian, Um, especially when I was, you know, registered Democrat, um, or I leaned more left, Um, not to get into too many political things, but just as economics go, um, the handouts, I, I just, I severely disagree with them, which is weird because one of the things that I'm bringing to the restaurant coalition now, let's call it, I call it the Syracuse restaurant group, whatever we want to call ourselves, um, the group fighting to get back into the yellow zone, which seems weird to say. Um, but <laughs> just to let us open, please. Um, 
one of the things that we I am fighting for that I brought to the group who they weren't thinking is everybody's spending their energy on let us open, let us open, let us open. Yes, we need to open, but we need some help beyond that because you've done some real serious damage to our business. You've made people think that it's not safe to come downtown or yeah. down. It's not even specific to Syracuse downtown. You made people think that it's not safe to go out to eat and it's not the truth. Yeah. It's not, it's not safe to have your six buddies come over and, right. and God only knows where they've been and come over to your house. No mass, no social distancing, no sanitation processes. Yeah. That's what's proven. You keep, we keep hearing say, let's talk about the numbers and data and all that. That's not safe. And that's happening more now because you can't come to Kasai as six of your buddies and have a mm. safe meal. You know, you can't go to a pizza with your extended family right. and have a awesome pizza and some cool ass wine and beers and stuff like that. You can't yeah. come to Kasai and get the other half beer that you can't get anywhere else in the city or, yeah. or that, you know, KBS espresso stout that I saved from 2018, which now I'm not going to be able to release again because God only knows when we're going to open. But anywho, that's going to be really good ones to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I don't want handouts, yeah. but I don't want the government closing my business either. Right. And my brother is a hardcore dem- left. And I wouldn't say I'm hardcore or anything. Yeah. I really, I care what, a, selfishly, I care about what affects me mm-hmm. and my family and my business. And um, that's what I put my energy into, mm-hmm. is making sure that my son has something to not struggle with later in life or to provide him things my parents did very well for me. Uh, I want to do even better for my son. You know, that's my life goal now. I want to build a business that he can hopefully take over one day if he wants to, if he doesn't, then I pass it on to somebody else. Um, you know, I'd want to be, make sure that my family is comfortable and well taken care of. So that's where my political, um, focus is, I guess. And that just happens to be a lot more Republican right now. Um, doesn't mean I, I'm not a blind follower. I don't blind follow anything. Um, but I think to tie it back in is where, where we need to get back to is just, it's not, I don't know, man, it's such a heavy question. I'm I'm trying not to get emotional. It's just, you have to, I mean, beyond anything, the, the, the way that things have been handled in New York state, whether it was a Republican or a Democrat and holding the position. Yeah. The way that things have been handled uh, in New York state, especially recently, uh, are are doing more harm than good. Right. I wish, I guess what I'm trying to say is whether, whatever your political beliefs are and to tie it to me personally, I don't want hands out handouts. Yeah. I didn't take the EIDL or the PPP until months after they were available. I tried to say, you, I'm a, you're going to shut me down. I'm still going to make this work because that's what I've done since the beginning. Kasai. Yeah. I mean, I had all sorts of funding issues. Um, Kasai should not still be open. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Um, with the money problems that we had in the beginning, we had investors try and hose us for more equity. I told them to fuck off. We had banks not even say, no, we're not going to look at you. Say, you have to do all the jump through all these hoops for us. And then we're going to string you along for six months while you're still opening, you know, and, and just the, all the negative stuff that I went through with dealing with the local banks and, 
banks, national banks and local banks. And just, we won't even, that's a whole nother podcast, but, um, you know, just no support, you know, cause I should not still be open. Um, but you know, I don't want handouts. I want people not to tell me that my business can't operate as it should be in America. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't have people that's, this, this happens in, in socialist and communist and fascist countries. You know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have government local state or federal telling us we can't go to work. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Let people, you know, what? if you don't feel safe coming into Kasai or going to a pizza or coming in for a beer, kitties or going for a beer, Tusk or any of these places, then don't fucking do it. Yeah. Don't do it. You know, that's good on you, but yeah. I feel comfortable. Right. I'd love to get a beer with my staff after safely. Dude, I fucking loved going down to three lives, uh, before November and, uh, going in there at like 10 o'clock at night. I'd like be down here working late and then go over there and get a burger and a beer. It was Mm -hmm. fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, absolutely amazing. And, uh, it's really, really sad to think that they may not open back up. So, all right. What's sad about it? Not to cut you off. Yeah. It's nothing that they did. No. I mean, listen, they... So we're losing all these restaurants. Sure, we lost the mission. Okay, he was... He wanted he to, wanted to close, yeah. this and that, but not like this. No, not like And somebody this. else could have carried that along. And you know, you have... Another investor yeah. could have said, don't close. Here's a couple hundo to get you through the next couple of years. Don't close. Keep it open. And who knows? I don't want to speak for Steve. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He might have known it was his time. But regardless, that restaurant shouldn't be closed. And I don't know. I mean, listen, I, you know, our business has such a small cost to eat local. I mean, our true cost of an eat local card after marketing and stamp and all that kind of shit. Say this off record. Um, <laughs> is about like $16. Yeah. You know? Even though the card itself costs us like a dollar. Right. By the time that we go through all the marketing. It's a lot. All your cost, yeah. And then after we make a $5 donation to the United Way, which we're thrilled to do. It's awesome. Um, nobody's getting paid here except for you know one person, and she her job is to connect with all the restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. So our, our operating costs are nothing. And um, we've got some stuff in the, like, that I'm trying to do uh, outside of Eat Local. And that involves looking at rent costs for different potential spots. And to see, to find out the rent that some of these restaurants have been and are paying, I'm like, how in the fuck are they making it work? Like, how can... I mean, because we live in an awesome city where people are supporting and want to have a downtown thriving place or or Westcott or... You're not getting rich off of this. I mean, most of us know. And I mean, in the best of times, you're not walking away at the end of the I mean, year. Look, everybody making- knows. Everybody knows. Margins and restaurants are razor thin, right? I mean, unless you're doing some really, really outside of the box, yeah, stuff, and not just food, right? I mean, labor, you know, which is about to increase, right? Which won't affect me personally. We pay above that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. When we find some, I find I, one of the lessons I've learned is that with payroll, it's the biggest cost, hands down. Um, so if I'm going to be paying somebody potentially out, out of money that is in the pot, right? So I want to make every dollar count to get people that will stay, to not have some turnover, to, 
you got you got to take care you of can't them. Pay you want much. you can't. I mean, it's just not. I mean, you can't. Yeah. I mean, I think about when I was coming up. All right, so I already had my sous chef first sous chef position in Philadelphia, mm. so I was making a, a yeah. nice yearly salary. I mean, I wasn't rich by any means, but yeah. I was able to survive comfortably. I took another job at a restaurant on my off days so that I could learn from this award-winning chef. Mm. Do you know what my hourly pay was? Eight seventy-five an hour. They told me it was going to be off the books. It wasn't. I still stayed. I stayed for three months. The cokehead sous chef had a temper tantrum with me, and I... I left after that. I'll just put it. That's not all I did. <laughs> but he he got up in my face one night and screaming and yelling, blood and coke coming out of his nose, and uh, I put him in his place. I'll just put it that way. Uh, but I didn't have a job there after that, whether I wanted to or not, probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't give him the option. Um, but you know, those that's just that those days are gone. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't pay a dishwasher or a utility person or anybody. Eleven fifty an hour. I mean, what do you? Right. I want quality people who I can. I don't want the dishwasher to stay a dishwasher. Yeah. I want the dishwasher to turn into my porter. The porter turns into a prep cook. Prep cook turns into a line cook. Line cook can find a chef position. Yeah. Hopefully one day, and then a chef can become an executive chef. I mean, that's how I came up. I started twelve years old as a busboy. Mm-hmm. That was my first job. Mm-hmm. Twelve years old in a fine dining Italian restaurant and pizzeria. Um, I. I want to have Kasai and future restaurants to provide opportunities to people, not to keep them locked down, um, which I think is maybe a discussion for another day yeah. as to all the benefits that a restaurant can provide. Um, you know, you don't have to have a college degree and you can end up like me. I left college, you know, um, yeah. not saying that I'm in a great position right now because <laughs> uh, I can't even have my business open, but, uh, you know, I own a restaurant and I'm hopefully going to own a couple more here real soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, and really provide a nice life for my family. Uh, you can do that without, you know, being a high school graduate or a college graduate as long as you want to be better every day. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so I think, um, that our restaurant's open. Yeah. Now. <laughs> well, Kyle, thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. You ended up drinking that whole thing, huh? It's not, it's not bad, right? Gotta it's go, gonna be, you know what I mean? It's gonna I be. Gotta go home and make dinner for my wife. Me too. What are you making? Uh, we're making. Uh, we have a couple New York strips. Nothing special. And boy. And then uh, just shrimp. But I do this uh, essentially a stick of butter and Cajun seasoning mm. and a cast iron skillet. Mm. Cast potatoes. iron is the truth, brother. Some mashed potatoes with some smoked blue cheese in there. I've got some beautiful sourdough bread that it's been fermenting for. 18 hours now. Nice. Um, proofing for about five hours now. Um, I'm going to do a little sous vide filet. I'll tell you what we're going to cook at uh, Gerhardt's next week off camera. What's that? I'll tell you off camera. All right. <laughs> uh, and then I've got a little sous vide lapsed tail. Uh, everybody listening, go order takeout from Kasai. You can find them on delivery apps, but uh, if you care about humans. No, you can't. Yeah. Oh, you got off them? I got off them like a year ago, brother. Oh, wow. I didn't well, actually, know that. Actually, uh, right and darn shut down. I told, I, was, I made the tough call. Like, you know. Good for you. 
Because, I mean, we were looking at with Grubhub, it was coming into like 50 to 60% once the marketing fees and all that come in. And you're not, you're not, yeah, you're not making any money at that point. Food. And, and, you know, back when the restaurant was open, you're, you can justify it like, all right, you're keeping the kitchen busy and this and that. But when the kitchen is just Jesse and I, I don't give a fuck, yeah. you know, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So um, don't find them on delivery apps. We're still apps. not on delivery apps. No, but you can go to kasairama.com. Um, and we use a, a service who does not charge us any commissions. Um, you can, our menu is updated daily. So you can see, you know, how we pivot. Um, we do, a, we're doing, we're, we teamed up with, uh, Madison Wagyu, um, locally out of Casanova. Uh, so we're featuring their beef products exclusively now. Um, so we, we have our Wagyu smash burger that we're doing. We have, um, some awesome cheesesteaks that we're using, uh, shaved, uh, Wagyu and, and a prime mix. Uh, it's really pretty awesome. <laughs> I eat about two a day, maybe. No. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the Eat Local New York podcast. This episode 82 with Kyle from Kasai Ramen. I can't wait to get 2021 kicked off and get so much great content coming out your way. Um, so many new podcasts coming out with great, great, great guests. Um, again, thank you so much to everybody who follows us, listens to the podcast, subscribes, has left a review. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you know the moment a new episode is released. And don't forget to leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the Eat Local New York podcast because that means so much in the podcasting community. And you can always watch each episode over on our YouTube, YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and search Eat Local New York because we record all of our podcasts in video and audio and put them out in video form over on YouTube. Don't – and I won't say don't forget because I haven't mentioned it before, but we have some great new video content coming out for you this year couple amazing shows we cannot wait to get released to you one of them is going to be a great show called will it ferment that's going to be with it's going to be hosted by our friends tim at buried acorn brewing and keith at woodland farm brewery and another show i'm going to be hosting uh myself with co-host zach cavallo from three lives uh three lives bar uh here in syracuse and that show is going to be called hoagies heroes where we explore food history and see what some of the local places are doing. So each week we're going to take a different item and a food, like a Cuban sandwich, and learn about the history of it, and then have a couple restaurants in town make their version of it and try it out. So make sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Well, that's all I got for you this week. We're going to catch you next week right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. (laughs) 